Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. God is doing miracles on the mission field, not only in Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, but right here in the United States. Today we interview Britt and Audrey Hancock. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we normally like to report the news, discern the spirits, and pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. But today we have a live in-studio interview with two movers and shakers who are not only international missionaries, but they're trainers of other families who become missionaries. Together have planted, uh, outside of America, perhaps a hundred different churches in Central and uh, Central America and in Mexico. Welcome back to the program, a returning guest and author of this book, Apprehended, Britt Hancock and his lovely wife, Audrey. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank thank you. you. So I'm so honored to have you back again. Last time you were on our show, about a year ago, you were telling stories of God doing real miracles in people's lives. And even, uh, you've seen not only healings, but you've seen and your ministry has encountered people being raised from the dead. Talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, you know, the issue is, is that is Jesus alive or is he dead? Is he a concept, an idea? Um, is he didactic information? Or is he living, vibrant, uh, the same person that he was yesterday? And can we count on him to be that person today? And do we have hope for tomorrow? And the That's answer right. to that is yes. So, Audrey, you and Britt now lead a, a missionary training center just outside of Austin, Texas. And you bring in families in a five-year program and you turn them into uh, missionaries who, who were sent out overseas. How were you and your husband called to, to do this? Well, in 1989, we were um, in Yellowstone National Park and Britt was up on a mountain praying and the Lord spoke to him that he wanted us to train missionaries. And at that time, we were not ready. I was 22, he was 24. We, I'd been on short-term missions, but so we loved missions, but we didn't know how to train people. And so the Lord took us on a journey and he taught us how to be missionaries so that then we could train. So we're training from a place of experience rather than a place of just enjoying supporting missionaries. So it's a place of me saying, I know where you're coming from to the mom because I've homeschooled my four kids on the field. We've raised them on the mission field. We've sat in the villages and figured out how to walk through that um, jungle to that house and sit on a bench that's made out of just a plain board sitting on top of some concrete blocks for hours as we bring the gospel to the people in the remote regions. And Britt, this is not just like uh, a youth pastor taking a school bus of kids to Tijuana to help build houses. I mean, you guys are in deep, you're, you're in places where they don't even speak Spanish sometimes, honestly. Right. Uh, and you are living there among them. This is long-term, deep-rooted right. missionary work. Explain, uh, why would anyone feel called to this? Well, I guess the central why is the heart of God and his intentionality to, um, 
to kind of send us into the uttermost parts of the earth, you know, central to the commission that we have. Go, as the problem is, is the two-letter word, go. <laughs> yes. You know, go to them. And so... Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Um, and, and so, you know, he, he expresses himself through people pointed at uh, cultures all over the earth. So we define missionary as someone who has an assignment to minister outside their home culture long term. So um, that involves a whole scale change in your worldview. That involves other languages, having to learn other languages. That involves unhooking your life and what you've known and moving to another culture that's not normal to you. And beginning to try to figure out how to engage with people relationally, you know, in a, in a context that's foreign to you. Because it's like, maybe we know some of the same vocabulary words like family and marriage and government and ethics and honor and peace and mercy and vengeance. But really, what does that mean to you? You know, what is, what is, what is, what of those terms mean in your worldview and your context and your expectations and your assumptions? And so, so when we when we engage personally life on life and what we do is apostolic in nature, meaning we're charged with the values of heaven, bringing them to earth. So if there's a family here in America uh, or maybe a young person who feels like God has called them to be a long-term missionary in another culture outside of America and they show up at your training camp, what's, what's the next five years of their life look like? First year and a half is happens inside the United States. Um, we do a segment at the beginning of our training that's a, a true wilderness semester. What does that mean? That means 30 days of, of camping in a base camp and 60 days more or less of backpacking somewhere in the wilderness of the western United States, if it's Colorado or Idaho or Montana or Wyoming, Wyoming or Alaska. Um, and the reason that we do that is because we need to establish a platform for people's interpersonal relationships. Because the number one category of reasons why missionaries kind of don't stay the course and they quit is they can't get along with each other. Wow. And so it's things like decision making, conflict resolution, their core identity, how to how, how to get along. You know, it's like the, the, the Bible is really a, a, a manual on how to get along with each other, how to get along with God first and how to get along with each other second. And that causes so that's real the problems. First semester. That's and the then first we have semester. a second semester. Yeah. And then we do a, a prayer and Bible um, concentration. Um, semester for about four months and we have different partner churches around the United States and we move around and we stay you know our, our guys stay in host homes and and we're in the church and we're praying and we're studying the Bible and we're integrating with the pastor and staff and so we do that kind of thing for four months and then uh, the final uh, semester in the US is we do a technical skills training and so we cover auto mechanics and a lot of building trades and etiquette training and just life stuff. And uh, and that takes about a year and a half to do. The whole thing. The, that, that capsule. And then the next three and a half years are spent 
overseas in, in the mission field. That's right. Yeah, they go, well, first they get, the ne next they go to language school and then they spend three years on the field doing church planting in a rural context because that's what we, we grew up doing, village work. But it, But we're not limited to only that. The reason that we train people in in the village context is because the stratas of complexity that lay on top of kind of the basic principles that are the same for every people, every culture on earth, um, it's less complex. You know, a guy that, that is a subsistence farmer, his maybe his biggest problem is he has bugs in his corn. But it's a big problem because if the bugs eat his corn, then his family starves. Well, wow. Right? But urban settings, there, there are more issues that sort of compete with the bottom line. And so what we're doing is trying to help people sort of master the principles that allow them to be flexible in any culture, no matter where and no matter what language. And once you get the principles down, these kingdom principles that are in the Bible, yep. then you can be an effective right. missionary and anyway. evangelize the world. Yeah. You got it. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Britt and Audrey Hancock will talk about their specific examples of ministry in Central America. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Did you know religious freedom is under fire in our military today? Our troops do not have protection. For example, military chapels are now being desecrated by homosexual wedding ceremonies on bases in all 50 states. Our troops are now also faced punishment if they dare to object to sharing common sleeping quarters or common shower facilities, or if chaplains dare to quote the Bible during private counseling that declares that homosexuality is a sin. Nobody in our military should be forced to violate their Christian conscience, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign a petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Let's defend religious freedom for our troops. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Do you ever pray and sometimes you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and they don't get to God or maybe you don't get the result that you hoped for? I'm Dr. Chaps and I want to make available to you a new resource, a four-part video Bible teaching series on how to pray effective prayers. Did you know God has given us instructions in the Bible? For example, in 1 Timothy 2, there are four different Greek words for four different kinds of prayers, supplication, petition, intercession, and thanksgiving. If you don't understand the way God teaches us to pray, then we cannot expect the result for which we hope. I'm asking you to get this important Bible video teaching series on DVD for a suggested donation of only $30. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org and get this important video resource for your family. Call us right now. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Britt and Audrey Hancock. Their ministry website is mountaingateway.org. Uh, Audrey, what do people find when they go to mountaingateway.org? You will see several different pages that you can look at. You'll see the different missionaries that we are working, that work with us, and you can read a little bit about their story. And then you can also 
um, find out about what our philosophy is. The fact that we recruit, train, place, and pastor missionaries and ministers around the world. So what does that mean? And then you can see our philosophy on what it is to do the wilderness semester, what it is to do the prayer and Bible semester, and then finally the technical skills semester. Now, maybe one of our viewers, they, they're watching this and they're like, I'm not called to do that. That sounds like a lot of work. But I can write a check because I want to support real missionaries right. who are doing the real work. Uh, is there a, a pledge sign up or? Yeah, there's a place yeah, that you can. There's a support link. On there are. The there's several support links. You can support Mountain Gateway in general, and that will help the whole ministry as we can function together. Or there's different, you can e choose a different missionary to support. So each of them have their own support. There's portal. also a link from that website to your publishing website. Mm -hmm. uh, Britt, mention that, and why should people buy this book? Well, it's our story. Um, we're really honest about our victories and our defeats. Sometimes people who have seen a lot of supernatural power like we have, we've seen people raised from the dead, we've seen, I don't, I don't know, thousands and thousands of people saved, um, healed, cancer, I mean, you name it, every category of, of miracle that you can find in the Bible, we've seen God do, you know. But so often, um, when people like us who see those things, um, we're maybe not forthright or don't have the time or whatever to be honest about our struggles and the, the, the things that have caused us a hard time and the people who maybe didn't get healed. And, and so we talk about victory, we talk about defeat, we talk about our real life um, because really that's what faith is. Yeah. And the book is Apprehended. Apprehended. Why that title? That's the best word that I can think of to describe what happened to my life. Jesus invaded my family, and he really, that's what he did. He came and apprehended us. And it's our journey of, of trying to do our best to follow the footsteps that he laid out for us. It's really, I guess, about the becoming of a bond servant for the Lord Jesus yep. and uh, what that means and what, what's possible, what can happen with ordinary people who just say, yes to, say Jesus. yes to Jesus. Now, in the book you mentioned some miracles and you've talked about that here just briefly, um, but these are in rural villages where they don't have modern medicine. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes they don't even have the, the drugs or, or the antibiotics that they need. But you guys have seen God, uh, when there's no other way, do miraculous healings of people with cancer or even death. Audrey, can you talk about some examples of miracles that you've seen? Right, we've seen, I particularly think about this little two-year-old who got like a bronchitis and so and I had bronchitis last week. So this this speaks to me. Yes. And okay. so she um, we had to hike up a, a small mountain through the coffee grove and winding our way back up into where their home is and um, no electricity at the time. And we'd have little candles that were sitting on little ledges around their house. And there the little crib that was homemade for this little child that they had adopted actually um, was just so simple but when she got sick they had been praying for her and had her next to their bed so they could watch for her 
And um, you know how it is in the middle of the night. It just gets so long. And they finally fell asleep. Little one's fallen asleep. And then they wake up about 5 o'clock and she wasn't breathing. And so, you know, there's that moment of what do we do now? I mean, they, they just cried out to God and said, please just touch our baby. Touch our little girl. Help her to breathe again. Help her to breathe again. Help her to breathe again. And they just cried out for, what did they say, maybe an hour? Mm -hmm. I don't remember the time exactly. But and the baby's not breathing for right. an hour. That baby is dead. Yes. And well, so. Yeah. The, actually, the baby was cold and stiff. So rigor mortis had set in. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so um, they started to prepare the baby to take down the mountain to the clinic so that she could be. Um, I guess they have to write a death certificate and proclaim dead. And so while they were getting dressed, um, all of a sudden, <laughs> God answered their prayers. And she sat up wow. and she said, Daddy, can I have a piece of candy? I don't oh remember. It was like in two-year-old language, right. you know, right. Daddy Dulce or whatever. Yeah. And so in Spanish, in Spanish yeah. right. And so, um, of course, their hearts were filled with joy and astonishment at what God had done. Wow. And that was so beautiful. And then I had the privilege of um, leading that little girl to the Lord about a year later. Oh, my gosh. And so I knelt down in their dirt floor home and said, do you want to have Jesus in your heart? And she just embraced the Lord. And it was beautiful. And that's really what this is about. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I will ask Britton Audrey, what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? And who is Jesus to them and to those to whom they minister? Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. How is your marriage doing? Ladies, would you like to learn how to get your husband to love you the way Christ loves the church? Men, would you like your wife to show proper respect? You know, there's a Bible way to have a godly marriage. I'm not saying I'm the expert, but we interview in a four-part video teaching series, a marriage and family ministry expert Vince Dacchioli, and we go through the scriptures in four different parts. Part one is God's design for man and woman. Part two is godly roles for husband and wife. Three is sex and intimacy within godly marriage. And also God's plan for divorce. You wanna have this important four-part video series available for a suggested donation of $30 if you call our toll-free prayer line at 866-Obey-God Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D, or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today, I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. I even demanded my own misdemeanor court-martial, and finally Congress agreed with me and reversed the bad Navy policy. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign that petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Please visit PrayInJesusName.org and sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. He is the intersection of church and state. 
Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Britt and Audrey Hancock. Britt and Audrey, you've devoted your life to this. You, you wrote the book, Apprehended, which is available through the portal at your ministry website, mountaingateway.org. Um, but why? And who is Jesus? And, and how do you explain Jesus to those to whom you preach? Um, fundamentally, what we believe as that the kingdom of God is about one thing and one thing only, and that's relationships. Relationships with God, our, our relationship directly with Him, and our relationship with one another. And what we roll out for everybody um, is this. There's two big, I think, categories in the body of Christ. The, probably the, the largest percentage of people relate to God based on what they believe first. So belief precedes their relationship. Um, and then there's, a, there's another category of people who what they believe emerges from who they know. It's true that when we start our relationship with God, belief in some form, it opens the door. It points us at Jesus' direction. But because what Jesus died for was to restore our relationship with himself, God. And so at some point, um, belief has to begin to come from the experience that we're having with a living, That's right. breathing, real God who's also a person. That we that we're we're made for relationship. Eternity is is embedded in our hearts, and we have this drive for connection, and that's what he's calling out to, and that's at the heart of everything that we do, um, and what we believe and who we are. We've seen dramatic power. It's true, but power is not the focus. Relationship is the focus. That's right. And through that communion, I mean, Audrey, talk about your prayer life. What is a daily routine, or or how do you? have that communion that Britt is talking about? Well, for me, I, I love to journal. And so when I um, spend time with the Lord, I often will have my worship music going and I'll spend some time in worship with Him and then I'll read. I'm, I generally am reading through the Bible, you know, book by book. And so right now I am in First Chronicles. And so I'll read about whatever is in that chapter and just pre be praying about that. And then the thing that's so amazing to me is that the Word of God is alive. And so even though I've read First Corinthians, I mean First Chronicles many times, all of a sudden what I'm reading that day can apply to me in a new way because I'm at a different stage of my life. You know, where I am today is different than where I was three years ago. And so the Word of God continually feeds my soul. Mm -hmm. And so I also like to journal and to write down what the Lord's speaking to me. I'll write prayer requests. And then sometimes the Lord will give me a specific word about what I'm reading in His Scripture. And I can write that down. Talk about the, the prophetic voice, because sometimes the Lord speaks to us. Yes. And, and you have that that voice from God, not only for yourself and your own inspiration, but to directly speak into somebody's life who needs to hear from God. Mm -hmm. Right, and so sometimes when I'll be, for instance, I'll be in a church here in America or in another country, and as I'm praying for them, the Lord starts to give me thoughts that I'm like, I didn't even come up with that thought on my own. And maybe just a little something like, 
um, pray for them not to have a root of bitterness in their heart. And so then for me personally, the Lord will give me a picture of something at times. For instance, I was praying for someone a few years ago and the Lord showed me a picture of her heart and she had told me that she needed to be able to forgive people. And it's like the Lord showed me the roots that had gone into her heart and that at that time she had been cutting off the plant at the top and it looked like she was free. But the thing is, the root wasn't gone. And so mm -hmm. that bitterness kept growing. And then she cut it off again, trying so hard to be free of bitterness. And then the Lord showed me that he um, was pouring oil on that plant and it soaked down into the very tips of the roots. And then with his presence, with worship and calling out to him, then those roots became so loosened that that root of bitterness could be pulled out easily. Wow. Uh Britt, you have raised, and Audrey, you have homeschooled four children who are now successful adults, yeah. Yeah. and you did that on the mission field. Yeah. Uh, is is having young children a barrier to a missionary? Or I mean, it, some Americans think, well, I can't go do that because I have kids that I gotta yeah. feed. Uh, but your kids thrive through all this. We did make a decision that what we were gonna do, we were gonna do together as a family. And um, it is more costly. It is um, maybe uh, you're more vulnerable. Um, there are true real life question marks that factor into it that maybe in some degree increases difficulty. However, the benefits of uh, doing and being who and what we have are beyond any of the struggles associated with with that and if we're doing life on life ministry how do you reset the meaning of marriage and family and and child rearing without without being able to engage and live with them otherwise all you're doing is, is passing didactic information you model this for right. other families yep. that, that follow after you because you we're, do life together we're almost out of time audrey would you lead us in a short prayer yes Oh, Jesus, we love you so much, and we thank you for the opportunity to know who you are. And we thank you for the word of God that feeds our soul and that we can find out more about what you have told us for centuries, Lord Jesus, and that the whole point is to know you. Yes, Lord. You started in the garden wanting relationship with us, and it was broken, and now you still call to us and say, come mm -hmm. and walk with me and talk with me and be my friend. And I thank you for that, Father. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would draw us into your presence every day. Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Our guest has been Britt and Audrey Hancock. If you feel called to missionary work, just look at their website. Yeah, Mountaingateway.org. Again, that's mountaingateway.org. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. If you need prayer today, call us at 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. Today I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today.
Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.